This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Ascensi Fan Talking with LP. And of course, this is LP. Appreciate y'all stopping past and checking me out. Appreciate all the new followers um, coming through, stopping past, and checking out the podcast. Um, everybody is riding with us. Um, all of y'all um, well-wishers, all the people that's, that's kind of been down since the beginning. Appreciate y'all just coming through and chilling with me for a spell. Always appreciate you coming through, um, joining with a a solo podcaster. Um, I didn't realize that it would be a little difficult to, you know, do the whole solo podcasting thing. But I mean, to me, it it just feels like I'm talking to my peoples, <laughs> honestly. So, I mean, I guess it's a uh, not so difficult when you you got people to vibe with and talk to so make sure you check me out on twitter so you know we can check each other out together so make sure you check out that link tree like i always say click on that a lot of causes that you know near and dear to me so make sure you check them out if you can't donate share them out because that's important too so make sure you do that a lot of stuff been on my brain in the past week um a lot of stuff, so I'm gonna just go ahead and get to it. Um, as always, it's supposed to be a sports podcast, but we way past that at this point. So, um, if you're expecting wild to wild sports, you're definitely in the wrong place. I mean, you'll get some sports because you know that's that's what we do here, but we we. We we span here. We 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 don't stick to sports. So, hey, it's just how I feel, and especially with what's going on with all this coronavirus stuff. I mean, who the hell could? I mean, be honest. Like, who could just be sticking to sports at a time like this? I mean, really, seriously. I mean, you got the president of the United States with coronavirus. You got the people around him with Corona. You got, you got people that cover the news in our Cincinnati area catching coronavirus. I mean, it's it's insane. It's it's absolutely positively crazy, and to me, I feel like one, it could have been avoided had we made better choices four years ago. And that's just real talk. I mean, it it's the honest to goodness truth. That's number one. And two, and 
I'm I'm being honest when I say this. Um I'm I'm being real. We can do better. And when I say we, I say we as a collective, we as a people can do better fighting this virus. We gotta stop being so damn stubborn, man. Like when I go out and about, I'm still seeing people not rocking masks. Like do you really think this is political? Like, you really think it's a hoax? Like, how is this a hoax? Like, you really think the Democrats are, like, creating coronavirus to get the Republicans out of here? Like, you really think it's about that at this point? Like, seriously? It's a health issue. That's what we up against. We up against a health crisis. And the thing to do in a health crisis is to listen to the science. And that's what this is really all about. You got politicians who flipped everything around on his ass and was like, look, we're going to make this a battle against science. And what's really going to happen is this. If you heard the podcast in the past, I don't know, four or five months, you know how I feel about the whole thing. This whole thing is a big Republican power grab. And I feel like it's going to end up biting Republicans in the ass. In the same way that a bully gets bitten in the ass when they want something. When the bully wants something, they eventually get it. Because they're bullies. (laughs) Bullies get what they want. But when you look at that bully down the road... You ask that bully, was it worth it? And they'll tell you, no. I got what I wanted in the short term. I truly did. But I lost a lot as time moved forward. Because I got what I wanted. But I realized that I lost a lot to get it. I feel like that's going to be the Republicans. You can see it happening now. Like this whole coronavirus thing. The power grab for the Supreme Court seat. I mean, they're getting what they want. But look at what they're losing to get it. I mean, they're losing a whole lot to get this stuff. And I'm not saying the Republicans created coronavirus. That's absolutely ridiculous. But the overall response. I mean, is crazy. And what's going to end up happening is that the people that voted them in are going to look at them and go like, it's not worth us watching you mess this up for another two years or another four years or another eight years. And it's not really worth it. I mean, if somebody messed up something that you cared about, would you give them another chance to mess it up again? If you did, I don't really know what that says about you. And that's just being honest. I feel like that's where I am. That's where I am with America right now. Like, I wouldn't call it indifference. I wouldn't say that. But I'm to the point where I'm like, if you can look at all the shit that's happening right now, if you can look at all this bullshit and still feel like the Republican way works, I really don't know what to tell you about this country. I can say, sitting here right now, that if the Democrats were doing this, 
if this was like the democratic thing happening and they were screwing this country up the way they are right now, there's no way I would vote Democrat. It's There's no way. I love Barack. I truly do. If Barack Obama was doing this to the American country that I live in, I'm not voting for Barack Obama. There's no way I would. How could you if this was happening right now? And I'm sure nobody else would either. So why would it be true if the shoe was on the other foot like it is now? It makes no sense. Why would you give somebody another chance if they're screwing up this chance so royally? Like, he had a chance, Trump did, when he probably shouldn't have had one anyway, when he didn't have the experience to do the job right. And he absolutely jacked it up. And there's people saying they want to give him another one. No, I'm I'm good on that. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And then, you know, you hear a whole lot of, well, what have the Democrats done? Not this. <laughs> and that's basically the argument. I mean, when something happens that's so tragic like this is right now, must there be a counter-argument? Like, do you really have to have a counter-argument? Like, you have so many people that lost their lives on a watch like this, and people are still like, well, what have you done for us? So it's, it, it, it's kind of baffling. Like, that's, that, that's, that's kind of crazy. And, and I mean, that, that's, that's just me talking. That's, that's, that's just LP talking. That's, that's kind of how I feel about it. So I'm hoping that everybody stays safe. I'm praying that everybody starts to wear a mask consistently wherever they go. Like, it's, it's very serious out here. And if you don't believe that it's serious, I mean, look at the White House. It's basically what Florida was a month ago. I mean... We got to be careful. I mean, nobody is safe. And I feel like that's how people need to start thinking. Nobody is safe. If you start thinking like that, you start protecting yourself, hopefully we can get through this. But, I mean, we've been going through the same thing since March, so I don't know. <laughs> this this is this, this crazy times we live in, you know. It, it, it's crazy out here. And then I'm thinking I can lean on my reds. (laughs) I wouldn't say they they let me down on this, flipping to the sports page. I wouldn't say the reds let me down. I think a lot of people have been a little too harsh on the reds, I say. A little too harsh on the reds. I mean, the reds, they didn't come through when they should have. They lost their series... um, two games to nothing to the Braves so they're out of the playoffs. Not only did they lose, but they didn't score a single run. I feel like they played some very good ball defensively. And like I said before, it was really all about the first game. I said this last week. If they could find a way to pull out the first game, it would make everything so much better because I felt like they had the pitching to win. I felt like they did. I didn't think the hitting would desert them the way that it did. 
But playoff baseball is different. I was saying this last week too. Playoff baseball is so much different. Runs are harder to get. Everything is like so condensed. You get a runner on second base and it feels like everything just gets a little bit tighter. It's not like the regular season. Even though this regular season was like so fast and so like it just kind of whizzed by. And it seemed like every game was like a playoff atmosphere. It really wasn't. You still had that margin for error. When it comes to the playoffs, it feels like there's no margin for error. It feels like every run counts for four. And when you're down two to nothing, it feels like you're down six to nothing. And given like the the red state, given the way that the Reds haven't played winning playoff baseball, that just kinda like it it just sticks with you like when you when you start falling down in the game. And that's the part that kinda kinda scared me. So the question is, are the Reds cursed? Are the Bengals cursed? Is is Cincinnati sports are Cincinnati sports cursed? My answer is a resounding no. <laughs> I don't think we're cursed. I feel like shit happens. And playoff baseball and playoff football, I mean, you can have a team that's not as good as other teams and the ball just bounces your way. You can have a great team and messed up shit can just happen to your team. Those are the breaks. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know it's like, oh, what about Carson Palmer's knee? Oh, what about what happened against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago? You know, what about what happened with the Reds and the Giants? And I know. I remember it all. I really do. It it was messed up. I get it. But it's sports. Things happen. And you really you can control it, but there's only so much you can control when it comes to sports. When it comes to life in general, there's only so much you can control. And the rest is out of your hands. You just do the best that you can. And it's unfortunate that this stuff happens to the Reds and the Bengals. It's unfortunate that Cincinnati, it just seems like we get crapped on by the sports gods. It it really does. But at some point, it'll reverse. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know how. But if you're a fan, you you, you just got to stick it out. It's frustrating. It really is. But I don't think there's a curse. Like, I'm not saying I don't believe in curses. (laughs) I do think there are, like, curses out there. I just don't think the Bengals and the Reds, I don't think Cincinnati sports fall under that umbrella of being cursed. I feel like there have been decades of bad play, (laughs) bad management, And I feel like the teams are just getting out from under that. So that's that's really what it is. 
I don't feel that curse umbrella, though. The Bengals played a really good game on Sunday against a crappy team. But, I mean, you got to beat the teams you're lined up against. And the Bengals did. Offensive line looked really good. Finally, they came to play. We'll see what they do against the Ravens. But, hey, Burrow looks like the real deal. So, I mean, things are looking up in Cincinnati. I mean, as far as sports go. I mean, hopefully the quote-unquote curse gets lifted. But for me, I, I wouldn't say they the teams have to play harder. I wouldn't say that. As far as the Reds go, they were a couple of key hits away from winning the game. They just didn't come through. I mean, when you have a team that hits so many home runs, you rely on what got you there. They relied on home runs. Playoff baseball isn't about that. It's about getting the right hit at the right spot. That's how the Yankees won all those championships. It wasn't like they just hit so many home runs. They got the right hit at the right time. That's how teams win championships. That's just how they do. The the Reds didn't get the right hit at the right time. I hate to make it that simple, (laughs) but they need players that can do that. Maybe they have the players there and they just didn't perform. That could be possible. We have to see what happens. I always go back to the old school Miami players back in the 80s. Big time players make big time plays in big time games. The Reds didn't. That's as simple as that. You got to make a play. So, I'm excited for next year for the Reds. This year just wasn't the year. But I'll hold off on the whole curse thing. I'm not convinced about that. You got a Cincy fan talking with LP? Be right back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Um, So I put up a question uh, on my Twitter asking people to reply to the question. And it it was kind of a simple question, kind of complex. And it was basically, what job did you have as a kid that you felt like prepared you for your professional career? And how did he do it? Um, as always, Twitter came through. Responses were amazing. Uh, we had people say, you know, um, a job as a parent, which was an amazing response and a response that I really didn't think of. I mean, how does being a parent not prepare you <laughs> as a professional? Like, awesome response. Uh, we had people say working in retail. We had people say all of the jobs that they had. We had people say that they had a job that showed them that being a professional route was not for them. Dope response. Like there were a lot of different responses. Um, great responses. And as I was like reading through the responses and replying back, um, 
it it really kind of like solidified my reason for like bringing it up. Um, kind of rewind back to about a year ago. Um, and I'm gonna get a little personal. I mean, if you can't get personal, why well, have a pod, right? I mean, <laughs> why not? So, um, my grandmother passed about a year ago. Um, lived a long full life, but I mean, you can't really. It, that's little solace when a loved one passes. I mean, just so people know, it's it's great to hear, but I mean, your people still pass. So I mean, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, it is it, it's still tough. It, it's still tough for us to go through. So, my grandmother um, had ten kids. So. My family is huge. I mean, it's hard for me to walk through Cincinnati proper without hearing somebody say, hey, are you so-and-so's kid? Are you, you look like so-and-so. It it happens so much. My wife just kind of looks at me like, seriously? And I'm like, don't blame me. (laughs) It's not my fault. So five aunts, five uncles. Huge family. And if, if you've been rocking with the pod since the beginning, um, you kind of know some of that information, but, you know, it's always good to reshare that. So, this is after the funeral. Um, I'm talking to um, one of my uncles. You know, I still luckily have three of my uncles um, with us, and, and two of my uncles have uh, passed on. So, so we're... We're in the car and we're talking. I'm dropping him off. You know, he he's staying, you know, at the hotel or whatever. And he asked me a question. He was like, what do you think helped you get to where you are? You know, you know, you're doing pretty well for yourself. You have a career and everything. Like, what do you think helped you get to where you are? Because, you know, you could have went another route and it would have been really easy for you to do that. What do you think helped you get here? And I was just honest with him. I was like, you know, you guys, all of my uncles. And he was kind of taken aback. He was like, really? I'm like, definitely. Like, all of you guys played a really big role. And I was telling him, like, there was one really big instance that helped out a lot. And he's like, what? And I was like, you making us sell incense. And he just started laughing. And I'm like... It's the truth. I mean, he would, and I won't say make, because we played on his basketball team. And part of the job, if you wanted to play basketball, was you had to sell incense because you had to help pay for uniforms and travel. And this is like, we're talking early nineties, like so I mean it was it was kinda tough fundraising and our parents really didn't have a lot of money, so we had to go like in not in shopping malls, but kinda like outside of the shopping centers and we would have to have like a sales pitch ready. He would kinda tell us what to say. And we would be out there with our little bags of incense and we would like have to sell these. And I used to like really, really hate it. It would like irritate my soul standing out there 
asking people to buy a pack of incense for a dollar a pack, please. But I was telling him, like, thinking on it, it taught me so much. I had to learn how to take rejection and just keep it pushing. Like, I had no choice. I mean, what was I going to do, cry? (laughs) I got, like, this whole bag of incense, and I got to sell it. I need a uniform. I want to (laughs) play. Um. I had to learn not only how to take rejection, but to be able to take it and like keep smiling because other people are watching. Like, I mean, I guess if I cried, I could have sold more incense. I mean, but it really wouldn't help me in the long run if I'm just sitting there like crying and boohooing. Like, like it really doesn't make the day go faster. And more than anything, like the most important thing at a young age, it just helped me learn how to talk to people. Because before that, I don't really think I I built that skill. And not just talk to people, but talk to different people. Like, learn how to, like, strike up a conversation. Black people, white people, like, just people. Like, I had to learn how to be outgoing. Because you're trying to sell something to people who may not necessarily want what you have. And as a young kid, you're like, how do I do that? The only real way to do that is to be nice. (laughs) Like, you got to be nice. So you go up to people and you're just nice. You're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm Larry. Um, You know, and you kind of go through your thing. And some people are just rude. Some people are assholes. Like, (laughs) you learn that at an early age. Some people really don't care what you have to say. They just want to go about their day, and they will tell a little kid to fuck off. Like, (laughs) they really will. It doesn't matter. I learned that at age, I learned that at age 10, age 11. Like, wow, you'll say that to me? Ouch. Like, okay. But you also learn, like, there are some really cool people out here. Like they're really they really are. Regardless of color, I'm looking like, hey, you see that white dude over there? He just bought all of these incense. Did he? Yeah, he really did. He just bought them all. Well, my day is done. <laughs> I'm good. I'm waiting for everybody else to get finished. Like you learn that there's some really cool people out here. And I learned all of this stuff. From just selling little bags of incense. And I was just telling him all of this. And he was just looking at me like. I was just trying to get uniforms. (laughs) I'm like I know. Like you were just trying to get uniforms. I get that. But like. I didn't think of all of this. Until I got to college. And until later on when I became a teacher. And I realized like. It's really easy for me to just like talk to people like I don't really even think about it I'm like hey hey what's up how you doing like it comes naturally to me because I'm like I've been doing this for like a really 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 long time and I'm like thanks like I appreciate that thanks for making me wake up at like six in the morning and like sort all of this stuff out and I'm like I know you're taking something off the side like, no, I wasn't taking nothing off. I'm like, come on. I know you was taking some of this money out the side. Well, somebody had, I'm like, come on, man. Like, 
like I, like I figured you was. I just want a confirmation that you was, cause I figured like all of this McDonald's wasn't for free. Like I know it's coming out of our like our little paychecks. Yeah, whatever. Like also a little perk was like the little thick roll of one dollar bills, cause we got to like keep half and like <laughs> like give him the other half. So like we walking around with like. $35 and like $1 bills. Well, I tell you, I felt like the man. Oh, I tell you. I looked at that now like, I wish somebody would pay me in $35. Like, I wish somebody would nowadays. Like, I think we would have to fight. Like, I really do. Like, it, it would not be cool. But back then, I felt like a superstar. <laughs> you You couldn't tell me shit. <laughs> like, you really couldn't. But... It's just little stuff like that, and I I tell the kids that I teach like, don't don't look over stuff like that because, you know, like the little things that you do now, they really help you later on in life. And I know, y'all kind of look at it and you go like, you know, how is this helping me? Like, how is like you making me like, say this. In front of the virtual class, like, how was that helping me? Like, how was all this little stuff helping me? Like, I kind of tell them, like, if you take a long-term look at it, like, I, I know it doesn't make sense now, but you'll appreciate it later. I know it's going through deaf ears. I know this. But it's something that you have to say so that when they get to a certain age, it'll click. So... If you're out there and you're listening and you're like you're touching like the the hearts and the ears of like any kid and you're kind of frustrated like that they're not getting it, just kind of stick with it because they're not going to get it and they're not going to understand what you're saying. But you're dealing with unfinished products. When you get them, they'll be unfinished products. And when they leave, they'll be unfinished products. Like, you won't see a product that's close to finished for a very long time. You'll run into them one day, and they will thank you for what you're doing. You just won't see it yet. So, you just have to kind of stick with it. Because I'm kind of living proof of that. And I see kids that I taught a long time ago, and they come up to me and they tell me the same thing. And... 15 years ago, you couldn't have told me that that would happen. I was just trying to get the lunch. <laughs> and, and that's real. So just kind of wanted to put that bug in y'all ear and let y'all know that. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Uh, make sure y'all check the podcast out. Um, we drop new episodes every Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe, you know. Whichever streaming service you use, use that. Check us out. You got a Cincy fan talking with LP. As always, life is good. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Cincy Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. 
Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good. Thank you.